Do you want a song about adultery? <laughs> a rap song from like rap forefathers or a through and through true blue 80s cheesy duet ballad the number the third one of course oh okay of the third one of course <clears throat> okay <clears throat> <clears throat> okay <clears throat> what would you think if i told you I've always wanted to hold you. I don't know what we're afraid of. Nothing would change if we made love. So I'll be your friend. And I'll be your lover Cause I know in our hearts we agree We don't have to be one or the other Oh no, we could be both to each other. That was, of course, In Our Hearts by Peepo Bryson and Shandy Newton. <laughs> what? Was I right? I, no. I made every word of those <laughs> words up. I think Peebo Bryson is right. Did he sing um, Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. Peebo Bryson. Is that his name? Peebo? Peebo? Peebo. That was Friends and Lovers by Carl Anderson and Gloria Loring. <laughs> Gloria Loring. <laughs> I like that you said that with sort of that like hard A, like Gloria Laring. Well, that's how she sings the oh, song. Oh, she does? Too. Gloria Laring. She was a soap opera actress who had a hit song <laughs> with Same, Carl Anderson. girl, we've all been there. We have all, raise your hand if you're not a soap opera actress right. who've had a hit song. Raise your hand to the square. To the square. Anyway, speaking and, anyway, of squares. Hi, Sister Twaint. Hi, Brother Coffee. Oh, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. I made an Instagram story today about how we didn't record on time. No. and Because I, I was having an emotional breakdown. And I just referred to us as Ashley and Josh. I, it's fine. And everyone Whatever. was like, who and who? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. You guys, my, I've become more incognito because I accidentally locked myself out of my own Instagram account. Yes. So some of you have found me on actual Instagram, like my personal account, and have followed me. Yeah. And so have seen a glimpse into my into my troubled life. Right. But I accidentally <laughs> locked myself out of that account. So you can no longer see me. And so what's interesting is that spurred you to, spurred you on to create a, a new Twitter, Twitter account. That's true, I did. I did create a and new Twitter. And it's just called Josh, and uh, it's a picture of Dolly. It, it is. Well, that's, the, that's, my, that's my name, name on it, but it's my handle. Your handle? My handle is sad with cats. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> sad butt with cats? <clears throat> Sad, I don't know. Sad but, sad but with cats. The funny thing is, like, there's been a couple times where I have, um, like, come across someone's tweet that it set, it'll say, like, oh, if you want to view this tweet, you have to set your settings so that you're allowed to view, like, um, 
I don't want to say adult material because it's not like I'm looking at porn, right. but it's like sensitive, sensitive material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'll click on it. I'll like, oh, update my settings. And then it'll go and it'll be like, just re-log into your Twitter account. I'll be like, I fucking don't even know what my name is on Twitter, <laughs> let alone what the password is. So sad, but with cats. So, but here's the thing. Like, you've been having problems with Instagram. And right. you just said that thing. Right. And then... uh We've been trying to upload the vlog for right. this month and been having... And it's cursed. It's cursed because we've uploaded two vlogs before, haven't had a problem, right. and we're both having problems, but different problems on right. our own devices. And it's those problems where it's like, there has been an error, please try again. It doesn't tell you like, this file is too large, or yeah. your internet connection's bad, or it's given it's given us no helpful information. It's just been like... This didn't work. Please yeah. do something different. Right. Well, now that we've bored everyone to tears. Well, welcome to hot drinks. Um, what are we drinking tonight? Well, I'm ha- we're having a, a, a crisp, a crisp, delicious mule. And you had a couple drinks called the Belvedere's? Boulevardier. Oh. <laughs> so what a Boulevardier is. Uh, so we, when we had a brother Henry, Henrik Henrik B. B. Insom. On the podcast, we were drinking Negroni. <laughs> And the Grunny um, are a great summer drink. They're gin. They're essentially equal parts gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth, although you can kind of adjust those ratios if you want to. Um, and they're a great summer drink because they're crisp and they're, they're a little bit bitter and they're a little bit sweet and they're delicious. Anyway, a Boulevardier mm-hmm. is sort of the fall version of a Negroni. Oh. And it's kind of equal parts bourbon, Campari. So it's basically you substitute in bourbon for the gin. So right. bourbon, Campari, and sweet vermouth. So I was talking... To my friends at work, I was like, I like to start drinking as soon as my feet hit the floor in the morning on Thanksgiving morning. (laughs) Fair. And um, I need to start with something that's not very strong so I'm not sloshed by noon and I don't want to finish cooking. Do not do a boulevardier. So... This gal was like, why don't you do an Aperol spritzer? Yes, yeah, And that's I'm like, Aperol is like super herby and, and, and like potent. Aperol's pretty sweet. Oh. So Campari oh. is, I mean, Aperol is a bitter and a aperitif, mm-hmm. but Campari is a much more bitter, bitter. Okay. Aperol has a sweetness to it. Okay. And, you, and tip, traditionally you do an Aperol spritz with like champagne or kava or something, but you could do an Aperol split, spritz just with soda water. What's kava? Kava is like Spanish champagne. It's like champagne from Spain. What the fuck? Champagne from Spain. How did I not know that? I don't know. Anyway. The champagne from Spain stays mainly, mainly on, on the plane. Anyway, welcome to Hot Drinks. <laughs> welcome. There is one more drink thing. I'm just trying to introduce the podcast and you keep oh, talking about sorry. drinks. sorry. Podcast, we talk about drinks. <laughs> and, se- and we talk about drinking, so, sexing. Hot Drinks is a podcast. You are listening to it now. <laughs> If you didn't, if you just picked up your phone and this started playing and you were like, what the fuck is happening? You were listening to a podcast <laughs> called a, Hot Drinks. There, there, you shouldn't be looking for any images anywhere, no, any moving no, pictures. It's just, it's just audio, our voices. It's just us talking. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about drinking and sex and Mormonism and. And leaving Mormonism and leaving our marriages and how yes. everyone should do that. Yes. Isn't that funny that I say that every time? How everyone should leave their marriage. Yeah. <laughs> You're very anti marriage. <laughs> I am. It's fine. Fine. You're saying it like you just realized that. Oh no, I know. I've known that for many, many, <laughs> okay. many, many a moon. Okay. Um, we, anyway, and we talk about trying 
to wade through the bog of parenting. Right. And we're both single parents. Right. Um, you have a little bit more help than I do. Yes, yes. I have Tisha, who's uh-huh. my ex-wife, who has the kids half the time. And my ex-husband, Gary, who is my gex. Gay, doesn't, doesn't do my a... My gay ex. And he doesn't do a fuckwad of Well, work. because... He just lives in another state. He just lives in another state. And writes state. a check every month. <laughs> and then goes off to visit... The Maldives or the Ma- something. <laughs> oh, speaking Has of. Has he been to the Maldives lately? I, I, <laughs> I just feel like I just feel like that's something like you would come over. I'd be like, do you want a drink? You'd be like, yeah, let me have a little red wine. I'd pour the red wine. And you'd be like, well, Gary's in the Maldives. <laughs> and I'd be like, of fucking course he is. Of course. Um, gentle listeners, are any of you going to Mexico anytime soon? If you are, email me. And I'm not, I'm not fucking kidding. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Because you want to get your Mexican diet drugs. I don't like calling them that. Okay. <laughs> Fair. I like just saying Mexican drugs. Oh, but anyway. Okay. Anyway. Um, but really quick. A great Thanksgiving or holiday cocktail. Right. Stumbled upon it today. I sent it to you, and you said I'm rock hard. It was rock hard. Okay, it's just like shaboing. <laughs> if you're on Instagram, you can find this. It's the latest post on Water Pocket Distillery's Instagram. Why are we not sponsored by Water Pocket yet? I've been thinking about talking to them. <laughs> Because you're, you're like, hey, we make a podcast where we get really drunk and we say a lot of offensive, inappropriate things. Do you want to pay us money for us to advertise <laughs> I mean, for you? We're drinking your shit. We are. We are. Okay. So here's the recipe. And they call it a snow maiden. As soon as I read the title snow maiden, <laughs> I knew it involved their liqueur snow angel. Which? So I was already hard. And number two, I've been singing along a lot to the Frozen 2 soundtrack. So I was like, snow maiden, let's go. Let's go, Elsa. <laughs> this is great. Let's go. Okay, so it's two ounces of their Snow Angel Kumel. Oh, fucking good. So good. Two ounces of spiced cider, and they recommend Trader Joe's spiced cider. Yeah, let's make this next week. Okay. One ounce of fresh lemon juice. Done. And 0.75 ounces. It's very specific. Which makes me kind of... Makes you a little moist. Yes. Of honey simple syrup. And if you don't know how to make that, they put the recipe for that in the Instagram post. You guys, I've taught you a thousand times <laughs> how to make honey simple. But but it, but then you finish it off with. Can I say it? Yes. A tawny port float. What would that be? Well, a port is like a fortified wine mm-hmm. and a tawny port. Have you had port before? Uh-huh. I love port. Port's amazing. So a port is like a fortified, typically kind of sweeter wine mm-hmm. that you have a small kind of cordial love. Right. Just a cordial. Just a cordial. At the end of a meal. Yeah. So you just do a little tiny port float, which is where you, if you want to be real snobbish about it, you put a spoon upside down. Yeah. You pour a tiny port. On the you top pour of the, the cocktail. On top of the spoon. So it kind of floats on top of the cocktail and doesn't really mix right. in. Right. And now if you don't want to go out and buy a bottle of port just so you can do a floater... Because that's what it's called when you pour it on, just a little pour on top of a cocktail. You, they said you can use some dry red wine. And then if you're feeling really holiday-y, you can garnish with grated fresh nutmeg. <laughs> but of course you can. Delicious. Why are we talking about that? Because uh, we talk about drinks on our podcast sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, like I literally don't remember how we got there. Okay, so um, do we have any women's work to cover? Women's work is yeah. what we like to call our housekeeping. Yes, women's work. I don't know that. 
Do we have any housekeeping? Uh, I feel like we did. I um, feel like we feel a little discombobulated because we recorded our episode with Philip Seymour Hoffman. We actually recorded it early in the week. Yeah. So it's been like yeah. a week and a half since yeah. we've recorded. We're a little rusty. We're a little rusty. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I feel like we're still kind of finding our groove. And then we were going to record on Saturday. But then I was like, I'm spiraling, spiraling into a pit of depression. And you were like, well, I'll come over anyway. And I was like, please stay away. <laughs> And so and so now we're here and it's a Monday. So it's just everything feels a little sh- a little off. It does when when you don't have family home evening, everything feels really off. It's true. It's true. So <laughs> actually everything felt off when we did have family home evening. Everything was horrible when we had family home evening. So I do want to have one little bit of women's work. Okay. Um sorry, I'm trying to put my feet under a blanket. Mm-hmm. So we, as you may or may not know, have a Patreon. Oh yeah. Which can be found at www.patreon.com slash hot drinks. Pause the podcast right now and write that down. Open your notes app, <laughs> www.patreon.com slash hot drinks. Mm-hmm. And basically the way Patreon works is you can throw a little money our way to help us produce this podcast. And you get some little bonus materials, everything ranging from like bonus episodes to our our newsletter, the Navusvek Spositor, uh-huh. access to our vlogs, which yeah. we are having a really hard time uploading this month. Yeah. Also, God damn it. the highest tier of our Patreons, you get a gift each month in the mail from us. So anyway, yes. the reason I bring that up is it's nearing the end of November. And the way that Patreon works is it is it sort of every month, whoever is signed up, whatever uh, tier of the Patreon you're signed up for at the beginning of the month, those are the re- rewards you get for that month. Yeah. So if you're a Patreon and you've been like, hey, I want to try the gifts this month or I really want to see the vlog or whatever, now's your chance to like up your yeah. membership. Or if you haven't been a Patreon and you're like, I want to check this out for a month, yeah. um, you can sign up now and then you'll get all the access starting in December. And the and and the cheapest I mean the cheapest membership is a dollar a month but you don't get a damn thing. No. The the membership where you actually get access to some things is $3 a month you yeah, guys. Yeah. That's cheaper than your so delicious. If you live in Utah. It is. It really is unless you get the kitty size. I don't know if they have kitty I sizes. I don't have any idea. But um so if any of you out there have any idea of how we can upload our blog, we had been doing it with YouTube. We're going to figure it out. We'll figure it All out. All right. Um or yeah. we might just record a different vlog. We just have, might have to do that. Um, and also, the one of the gifts that our patrons got last month for the gift levels, which mm-hmm. which is the highest tier, mm-hmm. they got hot drinks coasters. Little coasters. They're very cute. They are so cute. I have a few extras over on my fridge. One day they'll be in every home. <laughs> <laughs> every, every home in America <laughs> will have these coasters. So we... As if you saw Sister Twain's Insta story today on the Hot Drinks Instagram, yeah. we both had challenging a challenging month of November. Oh, yeah. You've been working 60 hours a week, yeah. stressed out, trying to keep things afloat. I've just been a mess as usual. And so we were coming together tonight and we were like, what should we talk about? Should we do this? Should we do that? We, did, we were trying to figure it out. And then we landed on, what did, I don't even know what we landed we, on. What did we land on? We are going to have sharing time lesson two. This time the lesson will be given by Brother Coffee. And the lesson is? What the fuck is wrong with Brother Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we tried, we, I don't know if I should spoil this because I feel like it, it, 
it will just make people sad. But we tried to do this episode with Philip Seymour Hoffman when she was in and, town. And it's going to happen when we she comes back. We were going to do like a mini therapy session with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. With me in the hot seat. Yeah. But just like schedules and coordinating and whatever, we couldn't quite make it work. Because uh-huh. um, again, this month has been oh, a fuck tornado. Insane. A fuck tornado. A fuck tornado. That sounds really good. So let's take a little break. Uh And when we come back, you're in charge. You got the mic. You got to ask all the questions. I'm I'm going to. And if you don't answer them, God damn it, I'm going to cut you with a knife. (laughs) Should I get a knife ready? No, I'm just going to answer them all. It's going to be fine. Oh. I'm fine fine being pretend vulnerable. (gasps) Let's take a break. What are we doing? God damn it, you guys. Okay. We're back. Uh, Brother Coffee says he's going to really answer my questions. And I handed her the microphone, which I normally don't do. So this sharing time, when I did my sharing time, I had a story. And, and I feel like, you know, sharing times are going to be all, all different all the time. To keep- Sometimes you've prepared a really charming lesson for the children <laughs> yeah. with visual aids, <laughs> with songs. And sometimes you just turn on one segment of the living scriptures and you just play that. <laughs> do you remember those cartoons, the living scriptures? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and kind of like when you go to conference, you always have the, the one, the general authority that will always have a charming old time anecdote. Right. And then you'll have the one who has like, with these seven steps, you can improve your relationship right, with right. the Savior. Yeah. And then you'll have the one that's like, don't forget, we still hate faggots. <laughs> so it's wh- it's somewhere in there. It's one yeah. of those three. Um, so... Um, brother Coffee. Hi. Uh, let let me let me preface this for the gentle listeners. So, you are always in some state of self loathing. Yes. Um, which I can't believe I'm allowing this which, to be an episode. <laughs> which, I'm already so uncomfortable. Which. It surprises a lot of people because when people meet you, they're like, he's so fun and right, funny. Right. And it's all an act. I would never know that it's he had an anxiety about right, being right, at the right. party. Right. Um, and I'm like, that's, and, and, and I say to them, he's that way every time we're together. Right. And um, so, uh, anyway, but then sometimes your depression, and, and I'll use that interchangeably with self loathing. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, Let's give my depression a name. I feel like that'll be easier. Bruce? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my depression's a woman. I don't know why. Is that misogynistic of me? No. Okay. I think it's because you are so feminine. (laughs) I I do have a very strong feminine energy. So if my depression was a woman, her Mm -hmm. name would be Lucinda. Does that work? Okay. Sure. All right. Lucinda. All right. I was going to say Gladys, but... Oh, let's go with Gladys. Oh, I like okay. Gladys better. I oh, like Gladys okay. Better. I didn't mean to, to, to no, demean you're fine. you. You're, fine. you're important to me. So <laughs> I value you. Okay. So, so, okay. so when Gladys rears her head... Okay. Sometimes Gladys gets in there. Like, she comes storming through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. every corner you turn, there she is. There she is. And this is Without when... Without the four pips. Just with, Gladys this, herself. <laughs> um, and... Every once in a while, you'll say, I'm not in the best place. Right. I'm not in the mood to go out. I'm right. not in the mood to have people come over. Right. Um, and I would say maybe that's, it gets that bad maybe 20% of the time. 
Oh, I think it's more than that. Oh, okay. Like 40% of the okay, time. Okay. 40, 50% uh, of the time. I'll meet you halfway and say okay. 30. All right, great. 33. Deal. Percent. Um, and uh, you'll say, I'm in a really dark and twisty place. Yes. Or you'll say, I have spiraled into a pit in which d- there is no bottom, right. and right. I'll it's never so see you again. It's so interesting to hear this from your perspective. <laughs> I'm really, actually, really enjoying it. And I, and uh, like most of the time, I'm like, hey, I get it. I've been there. Right. I go there. Right. I visit there. Right. And eventually, I, you know, you pull out of it right. and I pull out of it and right. whatever. And then there are times that I really worry about you mm-hmm. and I will message our life coaches, <laughs> like our married, our married couple, right. Tiff and Jack. Yes. And I'll be like, okay, guys, I'm really worried about Josh. Right. right. <laughs> Brother Coffee. Right. Um, and I, I think it's only gotten to that point maybe twice. Okay. Um, although... There have been times that I didn't necessarily reach out to them. I um, I, I maybe re- reached out to a, a, a close mutual friend or... Gary? Um, sometimes um, Cindy and Brother Tian come in my face, get a, for, get a group text from okay, me. Okay, good. And, okay, and good. I say, guys, I'm worried about Brother Coffee. Okay, good. Yeah. Anyway, so... Okay, great. Here we so, go. Let's jump right in. So uh, here's where I want to start. Okay. And 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 I don't I don't know how the trajectory of this is going to go. I have no idea. But self sabotage. Okay. Okay. You get off on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. Okay. Tell me why. So there's something in my God. Like I feel like I need to rewind like 30 years to start any of these conversations. And that's what we're here for. Okay. So. <laughs> I feel like, okay, we're just, okay. (laughs) So I spent a lot of my life in the closet. And I feel like we've talked about this a little bit before. But, like, essentially, I did not come out until I was 37, right? Christ. And you're how old now? 42. I'm 42 now. So I've been out for about five years. Jesus. So I did not come out until I was 37. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that I spent, God, I can, there's already wheels spinning in my head trying to, like, downplay this and whatever because one of the one of the things that i'm the best at is downplaying my problems and saying like my problems are pretend and they don't really matter and other people like are dying of cancer or whatever and like these are not real problems i think that's survival yes so i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to not like give voice to those voices in my head today. wow 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 so so i didn't come out till i was 37 so i essentially spent 37 years of my life telling myself that the things that I wanted and the things I wanted to have were not available to me and were not, I don't want to say not worth having, but not, I couldn't have those things. Mm -hmm. And so now, so now I kind of feel like the part of me that wants things or the part of me that like, the part of you that says, oh, I want that, or this is where I see myself in 10 years, or this is a goal that I have. I feel like that part of me has been shut off. I don't want to say it's broken because... But I feel like that part of me has been shut off and I don't know how to like reactivate that part of myself. So when there are things in my life that are like, when are there are things in my personal life? Let me clarify. Because for some reason in my professional life and kind of in my work life, I, I guess it's the Gemini nature in me. Like my work life, I can be totally confident. I can be self-assured. I know things are going to go my way. Like I'm, I'm so confident at work. 
I have no doubt that I'm going to like be successful at work. Right. But in my personal life, um, whenever there are things that do start going my way or do start um, or, or start leaning towards things that I think that I want, then there is a part of my brain that says, you can't have this. This isn't for you. And so that typically turns into self-sabotage where I, you know, I do whatever I can to sort of to sort of destroy that thing or that relationship or that friendship or those plans or whatever because I will like it's like I want to prove myself right do you know what I mean uh-huh like I destroy it because then I can say see right see I can't have these things I was right all along I can't have these things right and do you think that that gives validation to all those years of pain Maybe. Like, I don't know who I'm trying to prove it to, you know? I think it's to you. I mean, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But yeah, there's part of me that wants to, like, wants to be right and wants to say, no, see, I told you I can't have these things. Look, look, this good thing started happening and then it went away. And so that's proof that I can't have it. Right. Even though I'm the one that made it go away. Right. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So I think about your... Um, your your confidence with your work life. Yes. And I have seen that. Yes. I have watched that over yes. the last four years or so. Um, and but, but it was even way before that that you had, you know, success yes. in, in your work life. Um, and, and then when it comes to the personal life, everything just seems like a, a dark and twisty place. Yes. So... I, I want to think about like like puberty age. Oh Jesus, brother, coffee. Okay, okay, okay. and right where where you so during puberty, our our, our sexual cravings are just uh-huh. out of control. Right, right, right. Um, not that we do anything about them as more right. kids, no. but it's the craving. Right, right, and. Not only were you told, like, us straights, that that just wasn't okay. Right. But you also heard you're an abomination. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. And so when you, let's say, so this is me uh, just, like, guessing. So tell me if I'm right. So I'm guessing you probably... At that time, you had what Boy Scouts, you had school, yeah, yeah. and and church things, and yeah. you could throw yourself into those things, and probably keep them separate for a second, enough to like, okay, I can find my value in these things as long as I forget that, and then when those things aren't happening, the dark and twisty place gets louder. Um. So when I was that age. I feel like I was unstoppable. Like I got everything that I wanted when mm-hmm. I was like 12, 13, like through high school. Like What do you mean everything you wanted? Like I was, you know, the teacher's quorum president and I was the lead in the high school musical and mm-hmm. I got any job that I applied for and I, you know, like I feel like I had no I had no questions about my abilities to get what I wanted mm-hmm. when I was that age. And I don't know how that connects because obviously that was also the age that I was starting to figure out that there was something about me that was different and something about me that at the time I thought was wrong or broken. 
Um, and so I don't know how those two things play together, but I feel like there was a there was a there was definitely a period like through high school where I felt unstoppable, like yeah. where I just felt like I can have whatever I want. Yes, you know, and and I would and I would want something, and then I would get it, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. And then I think there was, and then I think there was a time, and then I think over time that belief started like whittling away and got to the point where then it became I didn't believe that I could have anything that I wanted other than in a professional environment. So I don't, I don't remember, I don't know. I don't remember as much of the dark and twisty back when I was a teenager. I know it was there because there was definitely a lot of feelings of like, there, there was definitely a lot of feelings that like I was wrong or I was a sinner or I was, but like there was also a lot of feelings of like, I felt like it was still under my control or that I could control it or I could fix it. You know, like if I stopped looking at porn, then I would, stop having these feelings or if I, or whatever. Yeah. Um, But I, but there was not that element of like self-sabotage then. I felt very unstoppable then. I don't know what that means. Interesting. Let's take a break. I I need to, I need to figure out what my next line of questioning is. I need another drink. So when we ended that last segment uh, and went to the break, what did you say, uh, Sister Twain? <laughs> so you walked into the kitchen and you went and you just... Oh, no, before that. Oh. You said, I don't think we're going to get anywhere. Oh, yeah. I, we're just not going to get anywhere tonight. Uh, um, oh, and then you walked into the kitchen and you like stopped in the middle of the kitchen and you were like, okay. And then I pictured you in my head grabbing your keys and just leaving and <laughs> just leaving me away. in your house. Just driving away. <laughs> Also, yesterday you were like, I feel like, or the day before yesterday, you were like, I feel like we need to do something like light and funny because Thanksgiving's coming up and that's hard for everybody. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And I had this idea that I think we're going to do where okay. where we do a mystery top five right. and I like say my five things and you have to guess the right. theme. And right. if you can't, then I start right. talking about right. them. And you were, that's when you were like, no, no, I don't have it. I don't got, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I was like, I don't feel creative enough or funny enough to <laughs> or, do that. Yeah, just feel- so let's do something light and fun, like delving deep <laughs> into my fucked up psyche. <laughs> okay. Can I just say one thing really quick? Yeah. This is this is the fear that's playing in my head. I'm just trying to give voice to all the fears in my head okay. so that I can just ignore them. Like, I think there is nothing... First of all, I desperately want to talk about my problems because, like, they are so all-encompassing in my mind. Mm-hmm. But, but also, at the same time, I think there is nothing more fucking boring than me talking about my own problems. And so, as I'm recording this episode, I'm just like, oh, Jesus. Like, people are so bored... <laughs> The last thing they want to hear is some, okay. some like, white male, like, middle-class guy talking about how hard his life is. <laughs> See, that's so interesting to me. Is that what, that's what you always come back to all, all as long as we've been reconnected in these mm-hmm. last few years, is that talking about your problems is boring. Oh, and, God. And you so that, fucking boring. And, and you say not just about sharing with friends, but you say that about even going to therapy. Yes. You're like, it's just so boring. Why would I do that? And that's just it's fascinating it, to me. It's not, it's not that I'm... Well, no, it is that I'm bored of it, but it's also just like... The imagining like sitting down with a therapist and being like, so like I came out late in life and I don't, 
and I'm depressed about it and I know one's ever gonna love me like it just seems like oh god like get over yourself like how fucking boring could this topic be the therapist is like shoot me please yeah I just felt like the, ther- the therapist is gonna can, be like this is the fucking worst you gotta I, go you gotta go you gotta but, get out of here but here's my, my my next thing okay 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 so I want you to but if you find this episode really boring please write in at hot drinks for the belly at gmail.com and let us know how boring you found this episode so again i can feel vindicated right about how my thoughts and assumptions about myself are correct right and continue to fool everyone in all social yes. situations yes i think i said social social so anyways um so here's where i want to go next and it's and it's leveling deeper okay great so if you want to do some I can't vi- wait. if you want to do some visualizations so we've just kind of been floating on the flamingo floaty on top of the pool. Right. Okay. But now... We're drinking an Aperol spritz. It, right. Right. But now we're under the water. Okay. It's okay. You can breathe. It's murky. It's murky. Okay. It's not like cool, crystally cool, clear water. And we're drinking maybe like moonshine. We're drinking under the water? <laughs> just, that just seems complicated. You are driving me crazy. Okay. I'm just kidding. I value okay. you. You're important <laughs> to me. I'm holding space for you. <laughs> okay. So... By the way, my current drink, because I didn't want to go downstairs and get more uh, ginger beer to make a Moscow Mule, it's vodka, apple juice, a little tonic water, which I thought was soda water until I was pouring it. I was like, what the fuck? This is tonic water. And then some fresh squeezed orange juice. That just sounds festive and fresh. It tastes like a garbage dumpster. (laughs) At least it's not a Bailey's Old Fashioned. It tastes, oh, remember that day? Okay, so we're getting under the water. We're drinking moonshine. The water's a little murky. I don't necessarily like the water metaphor, but anyway. Okay. Okay. So I don't think this is about you trying to accept yourself as a gay man. No. I love myself and as a gay exactly. man. Exactly. Right, right. And, and also, when we hearken to your rhetoric about how boring your problems are. Yes. This for me is about your sense of worth. Yeah, totally. It's totally in the the garbage. Yes. And so what's that about? Because that didn't start just recently. This level of like zero worth, Mm -hmm. zero self-worth. Yeah. Had to happen, had to start Long ago. Long ago. Well, here's the thing. I do think it started long ago. I don't know. This one's a really tricky one for me because when I talk about like not, when I talk about not being able to think about like the things that I want or not being able to believe that the things that I desire are things that I can have, people often will say, oh, you don't think you deserve those things or you don't think you're worthy of those things or whatever. Or they think there's some like, guilt associated with like being gay and so it's and and it's tied to this like my mormonism or whatever and maybe there is some of that Mm -hmm. i mean let's 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 just put that on the table that neither one of us are mental health professionals so maybe there is some deep connection to that but like it doesn't feel that way in my mind it's not that i don't feel like i deserve those things or that i'm worthy of those things it's just that i think that like it's just the voice in my head said that there is a voice in my head that says that is not for you so it's not like you don't deserve that. You're not okay. worthy of that. You can't have that. Okay. It's just a voice saying that is not for you. Okay, pause. Okay. Okay. So what I'm hearing is when you 
entertain the thought of something that you want, whether it's falling in love or just being confident in a social situation. You hear a a voice, um, a a proverbial voice that says, that's not for you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh Uh-huh. God, I hate that I've been drinking because I feel like I'm going to admit things that I'm going to regret later. <laughs> but like, it's even like sometimes like if I watch porn, uh-huh. the the voice is playing in my head saying, that's not for you. You can't have any of that. Like the sexy times. Like the sex. Like people like having sex or having okay. fun having sex or whatever. Okay. There's like a voice in my head that's saying, that's not for you. You can't have that. So that makes me want to ask some really basic fundamental questions. Let's like, do it. Okay. <clears throat> so... Uh, 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 to give an example, okay, okay. my son Timothy, okay, or Gary Jr., whatever, uh, re- <laughs> recently was able to articulate something extremely profound to me. Okay, he's sixteen, and he remembered, and and I am getting somewhere with this. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm on this journey. Are with you with? You. Okay, good. I'm with you. Um, he remembered the for so this is. I had no idea that he had suicidal thoughts as a young boy. Right. Until he said to me the other day, my friend Trey in third grade was the first person I ever told that I was suicidal. And I was like, whoa, let's back up a couple of steps. Right, right, right. Because I didn't realize he had been suicidal that that young. Oh, poor guy. And so then I asked him, what moments did you really feel it acutely? Because you seemed like a happy kid. You were always so fun and lovable and affectionate, right? Right. Um, Like Brother Coffee uh, in social situations is great. We all love social... (laughs) That was just me sipping some We all love social coffee. Right. Um, As just one example here, right? Okay. And he said that the moments he felt the most acutely, the the feeling of just wanting to die, and even fantasizing about how to do it mm-hmm. as a young, 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 young makes me sad. A little boy, poor guy, um, was when he felt neglected and unimportant. And I said, like when when your dad and I would take trips. Or when dad was at work and I would get a sitter so I could go do something. And like, like when, when we were both gone right, out like, of the house yeah, yeah, yeah. and he goes, oh, no, no. More so when you were in the house and I was my words or even just my presence wasn't meaningful. Like he was like. For example, if I tried to share a thought or a feeling and it was met with, yeah, uh-huh, okay, whatever, which as a parent, sure. oh, like we've all so been much. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the moments that he can pinpoint where he felt completely worthless. Jesus, fuck. So. <laughs> wow. That is dark and deep. <laughs> it's twisty. So, like, that makes me think, like, so you had two parents who were the super do duper duper dee bee duper 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 Mormon parents? Mary Jo Coco and Brother Coco. Brother Coco and we'll call him Jack Coco. Jack Coco, <laughs> um, who is dead. It was fast. <laughs> we love to say that. I don't we know love why. Jack Coco. Um, raising eight children. Yeah, I can only imagine 
that the things that each one of you wanted, mm-hmm. because you're all individuals. Right, right, right. Had to have been all just but meaningless because what was important had to have been some type of order, some type yeah. of falling in line, some yeah. type of, but this is what the picture needs to look like. Right. And if you want this thing, then the other seven will, it will just upset the dynamic that we're trying to create here. So what I'm getting at is like, you mu- it must have been taught to you directly, indirectly, that the things that you wanted, including who you are right was irrelevant right go so (laughs) this is something that you and i have discussed many times over the years about my childhood oh no what are you gonna say my parents did their best with what they knew no no, no. i know i'm not gonna say that at all okay good but what i will say is like i really it is really hard for me and and again, maybe this is just because of my own lack of self-awareness. It's really hard for me to pinpoint traumatic moments in my childhood. What's that test I took? Oh, the ACE, the ACE so quiz. So there's an ACE quiz and ten essentially questions. it's 10 questions and it sort of it sort of measures the degree of your childhood trauma. Yeah. Traumatic experiences. As a child. And right. it and it asks very specific questions. I what what's your ace score? Mine's a six out of ten. And then like brother T and come is like a ten out of ten. He's a ten out of fucking ten. When I took the ace quiz, I was a zero out of ten. And that's frightening. And maybe (laughs) and again, like maybe I am. I I fully acknowledge that maybe I'm disconnected from some of the trauma that happened in my childhood. But like I really don't remember my childhood being traumatic. I really don't. So so but but I think that. I think that when people talk about childhood trauma, they think about questions like that on the ACE quiz. Right, which, like, is, very, you, which is very much about, like, were right. you abused? Were you... Did you have a parent you who had a substance food? abuse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did like you not have food? It's very dramatic right. kind of questions. Very clear examples of very clear trauma. Right. Right. And I was telling you, and I've told many of our close friends, including Philip Seymour Hoffman, that there needs to be a quiz geared just towards religious trauma because yeah. it's totally different. Because it's totally different. different. Yeah, like I, there was never like not food on the table or there was <laughs> right. never. You never saw your mom pushed, hit, Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was nothing like that. No, your no, no, dad no, never threw at anything at no. her. Okay. See? See? Yeah. So, so <clears throat> I think that the reason you're so resistant to therapy is because it's going to uncover some things that you have purposefully blocked out. I mean, that could be totally be true. And and they're way more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, not subtle and not subtextual, but like, and not quite under the radar. Maybe it's insidious, but my, but no one, no one ever had ill intent. Right, right, right. But in my mind, and again, fully acknowledging that I could just be unaware of my own trauma. In my mind, my trauma is very much self-inflicted. The tra- I, I should say self, when I say self-inflicted, as <clears throat> I say that out loud, self-inflicted based on the things that were taught to me by Mormonism. Okay. So there is a, there's a, certainly an <clears throat> external influence, but like, but I don't see, and again, perhaps I'm naive to my own whatever, I don't remember like experiences with my parents or experiences with my siblings as a child that felt traumatic. Okay. But what I do remember 
are things that I told myself that were traumatic. Okay. And those and the things that I told myself were certainly informed by the Mormon religion that right. I was growing because up you, in. You don't come right. into the world in, as a baby, as an infant. Right. With a natural knack to be self-harming. Right. Physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever. Right. You don't. You have to learn that. Right. Right. So here's the question I want you to think about over the break. Okay. I just want to hear one story from your childhood about when you were sad. Oh, my God. Okay. Let's take a break. You can't even think of one. Oh, my God. We've got some momentum here, people. We're back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so... He's still here. He hasn't driven away. No, I'm fine. Here's the thing. I'm totally fine talking about all of this. It doesn't make me uncomfortable at all. It's all fake vulnerability. (laughs) Um, So, I remember when my grandpa died. Age? Uh, Your age. God. I'd have to, like, look at a calendar. I feel like I was pretty young, like eight or nine, maybe. So, pre-puberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I remember, so this was my dad's dad who died. And he was my first grandparent who died. Okay. And I remember walking around my yard. And I feel like in my head, we were doing some sort of construction in the yard or something. Because I remember there were like big piles of dirt. Like maybe we were putting in a new sprinkler system or something. And I remember talking to my dog, whose name was Max. Oh. Little Max. Yeah. About like just being sad that my grandpa was gone. And being and and just missing him and being and I remember like sitting on a big mound of dirt <gasps> with Max, my dog, yeah, and telling him that I was sad about my grandpa being gone. Okay, okay, is that is that it? Yeah, that's the sad story. Okay, okay. So where are we going with this? So <laughs> where the fuck are we going with this? <laughs> okay, Sister Twain. So you were eight or nine, and you were sad. Um, was this your first experience with death? Yes, that okay. was my first kind of close. Family member who had passed away. And, and did you, when you shared it, your feelings with Max, did you feel some, some relief, some I mean, connection? Maybe, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't remember for sure. Right. I don't know why I told the dog Max yeah. <laughs> about this. So that's interesting. But I did. Did you have a sibling that you shared things with? Um, maybe not. Mm, which means probably not. Right. 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 Who are your closest ones in age uh, above and below you? Uh, my sister, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> who is, is still Mormon, right? Who is still Mormon. She's 18 months older than me. Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. We're 18 months I didn't yeah, realize yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. And, and it, she's the one that lives in another state or something. No, she lives in she lives in the same state. She just lives kind of far oh, away. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And then, and then right under you. And then younger than me is my brother, uh, Antoine. <laughs> And how? what's the age gap there? Antoine is two years younger than me. Okay. And so, Antoine has not been a Mormon since he was like 14. Oh, then I know An- the one you're talking Antoine about. Antoine was the kid that when my parents were like, and then God turned all the all the evil people black. Antoine was the one as like an eight-year-old that was like, uh, that's fucking racist. <laughs> and me as a 10-year-old was like, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, great. Like I was just hook, line, and sinker. Uh-huh. And Antoine was like, uh, this church is bullshit. <laughs> Okay, so, so, 
let's let's be hypothetical. Let's be hypothetical. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a question, and instead of saying I don't know, just come up with something. Okay. What do you think Tiffany was doing when you were feeling sad that day? Is Tiffany my older sister? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, what do I think she was doing? Yeah. I mean, I think she was feeling sad too. But 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 who was she talking to, or was she playing with her dolls? She or? was probably sitting in her bedroom. Okay. It was there was a lot of pink. I remember. Okay. Um, being sad. Did she have her own room? Uh, God, I don't remember. Probably not. There were eight children in my I know. family. So there was, it was very rare that anyone had their own bedroom. Did you, did you ever see Tiffany crying when you guys were little? Not that I remember, but I'm sure I did. Did you guys ever fight? Oh yeah. Like we fought like cats and dogs. Like cats and Did you, did you ever see a sibling cry? Oh, I, all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we were a very, I mean, not that I remember specifically, I feel like we were a very, like, we were, we were a very, like, passionate family as kids. Okay. Like, we fought, and we laughed, and we, like, it, we were, <clears throat> I did not grow up in a house that was, like, repressed about emotion or, like, you know, people holding things, things back or whatever. We were yeah. very aggressive about our emotions. Yeah. Whether they were good or bad or angry or sad or happy or laughing or whatever, like, we were just... We, like, again, I don't feel like my kid, my childhood was, like, okay. repressed or weird. So, uh, you're sad about Grandpa. Yes. Why didn't you go to Mom or Dad to tell them you were sad about Grandpa? Or did, or did you? I don't recall. Do you recall their demeanor at all during that time? Like, at the funeral or later that day or anything like that? Did your dad cry when his, his dad passed? I think so. I don't remember specifically, but I okay. think so. <clears throat> yeah. So when I was eight years old, I had a grandpa that died. Yes. And I remember seeing my aunt cry. I remember seeing my dad cry. Uh, my mom, who wasn't even necessarily close to him uh, because it was her father-in-law. Uh, you know, she cried. And, of course, that made me cry when everyone's crying around me, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and, and if I remember correctly, that was also my first experience with death. Um and um, I, I don't have much memory other than seeing his dead body and thinking that's the strangest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Was he in like temple clothes? No, because I, my, this was not a... my parents are converts. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. um, that's weird. Just let me say, when you're a little kid... Oh, my God. And then you go to the funeral... That's trauma in itself. And your grandpa is wearing a hat that uh, looks like the peculiar purple pie man from Porcupine <laughs> Peak. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. like, a weird sash and then, like, a green apron. Like, the whole thing is so weird it's when you're so a kid. Weird. And you're just, like... You have no context for that. Yeah. And so you go to the funeral and you're like, here's grandpa. Wait. He's dressed like a weird baker man uh, yeah. with a green apron. With a green apron. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's weird. In the strangest clothes that you wouldn't see yeah. when you go to the grocery store. Um, interesting. Okay. <laughs> there was just a weird <laughs> pause. I mean, here's what I will say. I feel like you, and we've talked about this before, you are very interested in what happened in my childhood. Mm -hmm. Either nothing happened in my, ch <laughs> my childhood, yeah. or it's so deeply buried, right. I have not even begun to unearth that. Yeah. And so I feel like 
I feel like we need to we need to shift the timeline forward to my more contemporary traumas okay. and self-hatreds okay. and figure out what's going on with those. But also, in regards to your childhood, it could be less about what happened and just more about what the status quo was. What was the general energy and dynamic like? And, and, and I guess your answer to that is usually pretty good. It was pretty good. It really was. And again, like, I fully acknowledge that maybe there's something I'm not uncovering there. Yeah. But, like, it's really hard for me to pinpoint moments in my childhood that felt traumatic or that felt difficult or that felt sad. Like, I really feel like (coughs) my childhood was, like, I felt safe. I felt loved. I felt supported. I, like, got along with my siblings. I mean, when you're in a family of eight siblings, like... There are certainly, you know, like things are challenging and you want to kill people sometimes because there's so many of you. But I never felt like I never felt like ostracized or like alone or anything like that. Do do any of your siblings ever say, oh, yeah, I have some self-loathing as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's not normal. It's not? I don't think so. I mean, I don't want to speak for my siblings, but I think, like, there are some siblings I've talked to that have said, like, that have had their own kind of struggles with that. And that's, and I think that self-loathing is, is a bit beyond just depression. Self-loathing is pretty specific. Yeah. Yeah. And how many of your seven siblings would you say have indicated that to you? Probably just like one or two. Okay. Interesting. Dear siblings, if you're listening, let me know <laughs> if you're one of and the one I or two. I don't want to hear any shit about mom and dad did their best with what they had. No, it's, no, 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 no. It's not that at all. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I know, like, I, like I said, I don't remember. No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah I hear you. I don't remember experiences of my I childhood hear you. that I were hear traumatic you. that way. So, so, Okay. You jumping forward, okay, to more current trauma. Sure, <laughs> sure. My... Is this the most most boring episode ever? <laughs> just feel just in my head. I'm like, this is the worst episode. I you guarantee ever you, that this will be Sister Volva's favorite episode of all time. She's always <laughs> asking, like, when? Uh, we, Hi, Volva. How are we gonna get Brother Coffee to get his shit together? Hi, Volva. I love you. He needs to love himself, um, but. Current trauma. Yes. So you are coming out of the closet at a at a late age. Right. For as far as coming out. Right. Right? Right. Um, 37. Right. And what that requires is to do that in your community, in yes. your family yes. of many, yes. many Mormons. Yes. While you were in the bishopric, I was only the third Mormon in my family to leave the church. Right now, there are five Mormons Ex- who left the church. Exactly, you're welcome. Number four and number five, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I made that easier for um, you. That takes some real, like, like just just raw. Not vulnerability, but like nakedness. Here I am. 
here I am. For better or worse, come what may. Even as you were like winding up to what you were going to say, yeah. like my skin was like crawling. Tell me about that. <laughs> what? 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 Because I like, I just don't. Like whenever people are like, oh, that was so courageous or you did something like so, wow, that must have been so hard. <clears throat> I'm just like, it makes my skin crawl. Well, it was... Why? Because you... I don't, I don't see it as a courageous act at all. So I, so I saw it as, I, 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 I don't necessarily use that word. Right. Um, I, in my mind. Right. I, I see it more as... You guys, I, this is me, here I am. You've got to take it or leave it because yeah. I have to be this now yeah. or I'm going to fucking crumble into nothing. Yeah. So that's how I see it. It was more survival mode. Yeah. It was a, survi- a survival, an act of surviving. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does that make your skin crawl? A little bit. Why? Because in my mind... I don't remember how much we got into this on the episode with Tisha, my ex-wife. Oh. But on... Shout out to Tisha. Everyone loved Tisha. Yeah. Such a a fan favorite. Such a sweet ghost. (laughs) In my mind. (laughs) Like, I don't... I don't give myself any credit for me, like, coming out. Like, I feel like I... I feel like my coming out and and those conversations and whatever were very circumstantial and were like, they kind of happened because they were what had to happen. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. you know, because of whatever other circumstances with what was going on with me and Tisha. But like, so it does, to me, it doesn't feel at all courageous or brave or vulnerable or it just felt like what had to happen. But I feel like, I feel like there's an alternate universe where the coin flipped the other way and it didn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Does that make sense? What, what what does that alternate universe have to do with you right now? I just feel like there's a there is a there is a like the fact that I came out did not seem inevitable. Like I like I did it because it was what was like convenient or what is what was the right thing to do at that moment, but like in a different circumstance, I would have still kept it hidden. Okay, so you actually feel let's take a break because i i'm 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 forming a thought here that's that makes me think of that movie um Vanilla Sky with Meg Ryan and Matt Damon, where Meg Ryan they were in you know in in the Desert Storm and <laughs> well anyway okay let's wait let just take a break Sleepless in Seattle no my God Matt Damon was not in that here's a conversation Sister Twain and I had what was that I said do you know where we're going in the next segment. And she said, yeah. And I said, is this the worst episode we've ever recorded? <laughs> and she said, I, I, I don't, don't remember. I don't think said. I said anything. No, I think you just laughed. Um, anyway, we're back. Okay, so. Let's talk about my trauma some more. So what I, so what I was trying to get at is like, you, where people want to make you out as the hero because it's such a heroic story, right? To come out at 37. Right, to be right, authentic. Right, right. Especially in this community. All those things I said before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think what you're getting at is you just kind of came out by default. Yes. Because Tisha left the church yes. first. Yeah. And then you guys decided things weren't working. Right. And your contribution to that conversation was, well, it's because I'm bisexual. Right. And she's like, okay, let's get a divorce. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll just be gay. Right. Well, I said I was gay before we decided to Oh, you did? But, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you went yeah. from bisexual to gay and then right. divorced. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And you were just... And, and so, so it was more like you were just kind of following the line of dominoes as they kind of... Yeah. Like, I don't see any courage in that act. Okay, okay. It wasn't like... Because... because you, And you feel that because you didn't go to Tisha and say, look, I'm gay, let's get a divorce. Right. So here's the thing, though. Okay. From, what's the what's the thing? From Twain's perspective, and that's me. And, <laughs> and that's me. And Twain does not necessarily mean my vagina. Right. From your vagi- vaginal perspective. <laughs> Just said it doesn't mean that. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, here's what Twain thinks. You could have totally stayed in the closet. Yeah. Whether or not you stayed in the church. Yeah. And that happens a lot. There are people that leave the church and they stay in the closet. And... It, and and I, and I know so many stories of closeted people who whose first marriages don't work out, and then they enter into another mixed orientation marriage. Really? Oh yeah. Do you really? Yes. Okay. They and and they but, and you know what contributes to that is the is the the homosexual person in that scenario never really ever came out of the closet. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Whenever I see someone who I think like, oh, that guy's probably gay, my first question is always like, is he Mormon? And if someone's like, oh, no, he's not really Mormon, I'm like, oh, then he must not be gay. Because in my mind, (laughs) if you were gay and you weren't Mormon, you would just come out. Right. And And I know, like, I know that's a very narrow view because I know there's a lot of reasons not to come out that have nothing to do with Mormonism. Sure. But in my mind, I'm just like, oh, he's not Mormon? Okay, well, then he must not be gay. Because if he was gay, would, I mean, if he was Mormon, right. like, that would be the thing keeping him back. But if right. he's not Mormon, then he would just be out. Right. So interesting. Interesting. And so now what I'm kind of left with, and I, and I don't think that we need to come to any conclusion, and I don't think that we could unless we have no. at least, I'm going to give it 18 months of therapy. And, like I was going to say, <laughs> unless we had a professional therapist <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as a part of this conversation. Is that... You know, you coming out by default, uh-huh. if, if that's what we want to call it. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and there's such an interesting look on your face right now, too, as we're talking about really? it. And your whole manner really? is very just kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm not special. Yes. Did I hit it on the nose? Yeah, totally. And you're not special because you won't have eight children, right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to go back to that. Um, (laughs) But like. um, No, because in my mind, like I think my, like it's like I said before, like I just think my story is like boring and uninteresting. It's the same old story we've heard a million times. There's a million guys in Utah who have the same story as me. They got married and had kids and came out later in life. And so. Yeah. But your trauma isn't about that. No, I know. Not remotely. Right. I don't think. When I say no, I know. What I mean is... You're like, I know. Shut I'm up. just saying things to get you to move on with the conversation. <laughs> I don't actually know. Quote, unquote. 
And when I'm like, yeah, right. What I actually mean by that is like, sure, just keep just, talking and move on with the conversation the because I don't actually believe what you're saying is right. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Um, so do you ever feel like you've done anything courageous? No. Do you feel like you've ever done anything that is special? Oh, no. Do you think there's anything that's special about you? Oh, no. Fucking hate this even your, conversation. Even even your like coffee cup with the monkey on it, dressed as a human with cactuses Listen, growing. I think there are things like <laughs> I've, I I say this all the time. Like I think on paper, like logically, I understand that like I'm an interesting person. I like I'm a great cook and I'm a great decorator and I have a great home and like. Like, logically, I understand all of that. But, like, I'm a catch. Quote, unquote. A catch. Okay, okay, okay. But emotionally, I don't believe any of it. You guys, I don't think I've ever seen Brother Coffee (laughs) this vulnerable. I'm so uncomfortable right now. And, like, the way that he's talking, I don't think I've ever seen this uh, demeanor. Do you mean drunken stumbling through my words? No. Okay. Yeah, I... um, yeah. I logically I can see all those things. And I've said that before, I think, on the podcast. Like if someone was like, hey, I'm gonna set you up with a guy and they like described me, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Great. Like yeah. that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, hook me up. Right, right. But emotionally, I don't see any of those things. I don't believe it. <sighs> Let's go back to the you coming out by default. <laughs> I thought you were gonna take me back to my childhood. When you and I was say- like, fucking <laughs> Jesus. No. No. So when you, when I say that, so you just, when I say, or if anyone were to say, so you didn't really come out as a courageous act. It was no. just by default. You're right. like, well, why not? Yeah. Is that embarrassing? Um. Here, let, let me ask this specifically. Okay. How does it make you feel that you spent 37 years in a torturous existence for you to just kind of go, well, I may as well just be my authentic self now. <laughs> I don't know how to answer either of those questions. Um, but do you see what I'm getting at? Oh, totally. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to hold any space. For the the fact that like what I did was courageous or admirable. Okay. Like deep down I don't. That's don't then. Forget yeah, it. Yeah. Deep down I don't. Scratch it. I don't want to say I don't believe it It was or whatever. But like deep down like in my mind it wasn't courageous or admirable what I did. Okay. So it's hard for me to say like oh yeah that was great or oh yeah that was. Right. That took a lot of courage or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We already covered that. Yeah. So. So I don't know how to answer your question. Okay. So. Is there a part of you, and and we're not, and I'm not like trying to chisel away and get to the bottom of anything. I'm just, this is where I feel like the next question is going. Is there a part of you that was like, what was the 37 years of misery for? Literally, I've never thought about that. Do you think you're as miserable now as you were then? Um, I think on on some levels, I'm like, galaxies happier now than I was then. Uh Uh-huh. And I think on some levels, I'm like so much more depressed and anxious and sad than I was then. And so, you know, I think about, and forgive me, a child. (laughs) Forgive me, Gary. (laughs) 
in a family of eight, in a Mormon setting. In Putting a, their shoulder to the wheel. In a Mormon culture. <laughs> and I think... Heavenly Father, are you really there? <laughs> and do you hear and answer every child's prayer? Um, and I, I often go walking <laughs> oh in meadows of clover. Stop it. Stop. So none of us, none of us that were raised within this religion and culture were given tools to, f- to find a sense of self or to even value self. Isn't that amazing? And so... I kind of think how you say you are chasms deeper in depression now than you were when you were closeted. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because you don't have the tools yeah. to, you know, when people say, oh, I'm so glad you're your authentic self, you know, where you're like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't have the tools. I don't have the language. And I don't even know what type of path that would look like for me to go down to really be my authentic self and to, to embrace that. I think part of it for me too is like, and I've said this to people before, like you can't just open one box. Like you can't be like, Oh, I'm just going to open the homosexuality box and I'm going to leave all the other boxes that I've sealed up my whole life closed. Like as soon as you start opening one of those boxes, you start opening all the other trauma and all the other boxes. And Mm -hmm. so like, as soon as you start trying to like be your authentic self or live your authentic life or whatever it is, in order to do that, you have to address all the things that you buried and hidden and hid and avoided for all your life from your childhood to your adolescence, to your adulthood, whatever. And so it's like you can you once you peel back one layer, you peel back all the layers. So in many ways, I'm like galaxies happier than I was before because I'm living this sort of like authentic person who I really want to be. But on but on a totally deeper level, by allowing myself to be that person, I have opened myself up to all the injuries and all the wounds that I protected myself from over all the years. And so now I have to deal with all of that pain and all of that trauma. Um, what pain? What trauma? I'm so confused. <laughs> all the pain. I think we're getting. I think we. I think we are getting somewhere. Really? Are we? Yeah, okay. clearly. But like, but you know what I mean? Like, but like, once you open yourself up to like, I'm going to be my true self. In order to be your true self, you have to address all of the parts of yourself, and all of the parts of yourself includes all of the things that like were hard and were painful that you buried and that you hid throughout your life. And so suddenly you have to deal with all of those things too. Yeah. And so it's easier just to drink bourbon and watch Netflix. This is fantastic. Is it? I mean, I feel like maybe I just haven't been listening to you, but, and tonight I've listened to you for the first time. (laughs) I'm holding space. Finally for you. Fucking finally. I'm holding space. Or maybe I just haven't heard you articulate it quite that clearly, but that, yeah, you can't just say, oh, I'm gay now, and then still keep everything else out no, on the shelf. it all comes out. That's fascinating. It's Pandora's box. It's like once you open that box, you right. let everything out. Yeah, yeah. You let it all out. And wow. And so let's do a visualization. So this oh, big flying glittery 
uh, gay butterfly flies out of Pandora's <laughs> box and you catch the fly and it willingly flies into your little butterfly net. But what, what, what do all the other things do? Where are they? They're like killing the butterfly. Oh. Yeah. Just attacking it? Yeah, kind of. I mean, just... Trump thing taking credit for anyway sorry we were talking about Donald Trump you guys we were like getting in there <laughs> we were getting into the emotions the butterfly was being killed and then one of my kids called and was like can you extend my time onto my phone he's not and I was, even here no and I was like where's your mom and he's like I don't know I think she's asleep or something and I was like it's up to mom if your time is extended and he's like well I don't know I think she's asleep I don't know where she is and you were like do I not was, call me again. I was like, do not call me again. <laughs> anyway, Tisha, so, you're welcome. So, I mean, I think that this is a good place to kind of stop. Is it? I think you're going to have fantastic dreams Jesus tonight. Jesus, Lord and Savior, <laughs> follow me. Lead kindly light amidst the encircling gloom. Lead thou me on. The night is cold and I am far from home. Lead thou me on. Me on. That was a great song. So, <laughs> have we solved any problems I tonight? Think, I think that we have really. Um. Okay. So think of Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't know that's where we were going. And You'll have my ass. <laughs> they leave Rivendell. Okay. As, as a fellowship. Fellow. Thank you. <laughs> that's the word. And Frodo says. We'll, we will walk over the Misty Mountains. Do you remember, though, when that movie came out? Oh, my God. That was our first glimpse at Orlando Bloom. And he had that long blonde oh hair. Oh, my God. And, and he, was like a, he was like a fucking vision he was like from the heavens a, above. He was like a fantastical angel. He was so gorgeous. He was a tall, like, un, elf, I couldn't process angel. it. Oh. And then have you seen recently the photos that came out? With his penis in him. He has an amazing penis. Does he? he a, I didn't see the penis. He has a huge dick. Oh. Huge. Anyway, you'll have my ass. So, okay. So, I think it's like, so they, they have to walk over the, the snowy mountains. Right. 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 But then they get to this point where Gandalf is like, the ring bearer decides where we go from here. And he says, we will go through the mines. Right. I think we just step through that door. <laughs> We're going through the mines now? Yeah. I mean, we, we just opened the door. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We just did the thing where the lights appear on the, like, engraving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've already... But, we, but we've trekked through the snowy mountains and our bare feet. Oh, we have... Okay. Okay. And where I am emotionally is yeah. I am standing on the bridge and I am like, you shall not pass. No, that's when they're through the mine. Oh, we okay. We just got to the mine. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. With the beautiful, beautiful Orlando Bloom. I, could, I couldn't get over it either. Beautiful. Just blonde and just like his face. And the way. And we didn't know that Big Dick was hiding under and there. They, we didn't know. He could run so lively with He's it. So lively. Yeah. You'd think that dick would be slapping back and forth. <laughs> And tripping him up, but like, listen, the listen. way the way he, you know, his his face would emote. Lead kindly, love. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up. Jesus um, so first of all, this is the worst episode we've ever recorded. <laughs> Please write us at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail dot com, or you can message us on Instagram. You cannot message me on my personal Instagram because it's 
Because I've locked myself out of because it. Because it, it might be deleted. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Those like fourteen hundred followers I had gone. Yeah. Where I'm never gonna get a free refrigerator. You had or a free so many cosmetic. followers. I, I was did. so proud of you. I know, and it's gone. You should call them. I'm ne- is there a one eight hundred number? <laughs> there's no, there is nowhere you could. There is no like Instagram support line. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't care. I know. He just wants to ruin democracy. Pretty much. Anyway, so if you hated this episode, please message us at Hot Drinks for the Belly at Gmail. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can message us on Hot Drinks, uh-huh. which is our Instagram account. And, uh, or Hot Drinks, our Twitter account. Our Twitter account. Or, you will also, if you want to go to Hot Drinks, you can see things we have found in Brother Coffee's house. Today's episode will feature a photo of... A golden hand. A golden hand that Sister Twain found in my house. That sometimes when you're in the bathroom peeing during a break, I might play with... <laughs> You know, my golden hand is a peace sign, but my brother Antoine, when he moved into his new house, I bought him that same golden hand. Yeah. But it was a flip in the bird. Oh, I was thinking of a golden hand holding one ball, Just, one testicle. <laughs> I'm so sorry, okay. Antoine. Anyway. I'm so sorry. So we also have the Patreon. Yes. So hot drinks are www.patreon.com yeah. slash hot drinks. And just $3 a month. Which is the terrestrial kingdom? Uh, it's the celestial kingdom. No, celestial kingdom is one dollar a month, oh, and okay. you don't get okay. shit. You don't get shit. In yeah, the celestial but the three dollar a month. Jesus hates you. For just three dollars a month, which is the second tier up, you get our Dimitas episodes, right. which are little extras, a little extra episodes, tinies. which we have not recorded any of lately. Um, because just since, I've been in the spiral of depression. Yeah. you've been working seventy hours a week. Right. Um, but the owner of my restaurant, who has been in Argentina for three weeks, gets back tomorrow. So right. back, back, back to the grind. Um, so let, to wrap up, when we were going over the Misty Mountains and walking in the snow, right. that's when we discovered that you came out by default and it wasn't courageous. Right. And that, our, and that the, real, the real Misty Mountains were the friends that we made along the way. <laughs> that's, that's what we discovered. And then we find ourselves deciding if we're going to go through the mines right. or continue to go over the mountains. And the real mines were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> okay. By friends, do you mean butterflies that I came out know. of the box? I don't know. I don't know. The mur- murderous butterflies? The bur- butterflies being murdered. Yeah. This is what? the worst episode we've ever recorded. <laughs> we are going to figure out how to get that vlog up. God <laughs> yeah, damn are. it. Yeah, and if you want to see it, you got to be a Patreon. A patron. A patron of not the highest tier, but the second highest tier. Yes. Which is the glory of Gary. Yes, yes, yes. So sign up for that, and yeah. you can watch this vlog if we ever upload it. Yeah. So you guys, thanks. This has been great. <laughs> I feel mentally healthier. Guess what? I, I don't think that you mean that. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I need help from a professional, but deep in my heart, but, I don't believe that that I am worth helping. But to be fair. Or that the things that the professional will say to me will help. But wait. Or that the things that I will say will not be the most boring things that professionals ever heard. Brother Coffee. Yes. The whole imagery of the beautiful glittery butterfly and all the other butterflies uh-huh. who are murdering it, that's not boring. It's not. No. Leave kindly light amidst the encircling gloom. You can make the pathway bright. Isn't that Le- something? I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Let's go. Goodbye. Bye. Leave Seriously about Mexico. Let me know if you're going.
Wait to Mexico? Not oh, you. for your drugs. Bye. The night, night is dark and I am far from home. Leave thou me. me. Oh. What part are you singing? A uh, descant. Okay. No.